0: Hello everyone, this is David Douthat. This is Molly Douthat. Welcome to More Than Hearing, a podcast to encourage preachers to use multiple intelligences in sermons and worship leadership, because there are plenty of ways to reach someone's soul.
1: Today we are covering Word Smart and MathSmart for the complimentary lectionary selections for the 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C. God reassures a worried Abram about the promise of offspring in Genesis. Psalm 33 and Hebrews 11 emphasize God's trustworthy actions for our ancestors and encourage us to be faithful. In Luke, Jesus tells his disciples to live with open hearts and alert spirits, for the Lord will return. Hopefully, our illustrations and special effects will help prepare you.
0: This podcast is based on Dr. Howard Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences. Dr. Gardner suggests that there are multiple ways to learn, process, remember, and understand our world. Each week, centered on the weekly readings for the Revised Common Lectionary, we develop illustrations and special effects using various smarts based on Dr. Gardner's identified intelligences. Over the course of four weeks, we will cover WordSmart, iSmart, MathSmart body smart, music smart, nature smart, people smart, and self smart. You can read more about Dr. Gardner's work by clicking on the link at the top of our web page, morethanhearing.org. Join us as we explore ways these
1: intelligences can be utilized for a deeper appreciation of God's Word. Then, we encourage you to try it for yourself. Anytime time and any way we can make use of the different smarts, we give people greater access to the Word of God so they can acquire it, process it, and internalize it in ways that make sense to them. Let's get started.
0: Well, yes, let's get started. It's good to have you with us today. We welcome you, especially if this is your first time. We're glad to have you, glad you found us. And if you're a regular listener, always a pleasure to have you with us. Uh, we're going to start off today looking at the smarts for this week. And I'm doing Word Smart this week, and Molly is doing Math Smart, which
1: is really out of our individual it, comfort it zone. It is so backwards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, cut well, us cho- some slack this yeah, week. We did
1: choose but not to switch. We We're did. just going to muscle through.
0: Although we did, we did offer a few suggestions yes. to each other. Yes, thank you. Thank you. So, for WordSmart, uh, going from Carla Lane's article, the Distance Learning Technology Resource Guide. Uh, which you can find at the resources page on our website, morethanhearing.org. She writes that word smart or linguistic intelligence is about using words effectively. These learners have highly developed auditory skills and often think in words. They like reading playing word games, making up poetry, or stories. It can be taught by encouraging them to say and see words and read books together. Tools include computers, games, multimedia, books, tape recorders, really, and lecture.
1: <laughs> that's a little I guess, dated. <laughs> I guess that's a little dated. Well,
0: you could still do that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You, you well, know, whatever. Anyway, um, WordSmart is is so heavily used in our worship already that sometimes we don't, uh, emphasize it all that much in the show because mm-hmm. it gets so much attention. But uh, we do try to come up with some particular illustrations and special effects uh, that that kind of push it beyond its usual bounds. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's a lot that can be done with WordSmart other than just the sermon and the prayers and things like that. So right. this is where you can really push your creative boundaries uh, with WordSmart to think beyond the usual. Right. All right. For are you done? Yeah. All right. So for Math Smart, uh, I'm using the exact same resource as David, uh, Carla Lane's work. She uh, talks about Math Smart as the logical or mathematical-oriented people. These are folks that rely a lot on reasoning and calculations. These folks think conceptually, abstractly, and are able to see and explore patterns and relationships. These are big picture people. They like to experiment, solve puzzles and ask cosmic questions. These kind of people can be taught through logic games, investigations and mysteries. They need to learn and form concepts before they can deal with details. So they are ordinarily your engineers, your scientists, your philosophers.
0: Mhm. Lawyers. Lawyers, uh, right? Yeah. Right? People who come up with arguments. 5th graders. <laughs>
1: I thought that was fourth graders. Oh, well, somewhere. Fourth, fifth, yeah yeah. 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 What
0: have you. <laughs> so that's what we're going to try to do for the text today. Uh, ordinarily, we would say that you can go back and look at our episode from three years ago, but we, but didn't, we didn't really have one. Have one. We did a, a placekeeper episode as we were on the road and uh had some other ministry things going on that week mm-hmm. so um
1: we did post uh our our very sketchy worksheets <laughs> uh, we we did Isaiah three years ago so that's probably if you're using isaiah um this year you might get something from that we did have a a pretty little bit to start skeletal and we had something for luke 12 as well so you can go take a look and see if maybe that might spark spark a thought because we didn't use word or math three years ago
0: right so we'll we'll hope that this gives you a a little bit more this week than (laughs) than that Uh, right (laughs) let's see what happens The Old Testament lesson for year C, Ordinary 19, is Genesis 15, verses 1 through 6. It's a story about Abram, and he has a vision that the word of the Lord comes to him and says, don't be afraid, I'm your shield. Uh, Everything's going to be awesome. And Abram kind of talks back to the Lord here and says, that's great, but... (laughs) You promised me children, and I continue to be childless, and my slave Eliezer is going to be my heir. And the Lord says, no, 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 he will not be your heir, but you will have children of your own. And uh, so look up toward heaven and count the stars if you are able. That's what your descendants will be like. And he believed the Lord, it says, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. A somewhat key verse. For later developments in the mm-hmm. New Testament. So, all right, there we go. Uh, for word smart, okay, I, this is not my strength. Word <laughs> smart, I. I'm, but uh, um, I, what what connected for me here was uh, Abram's sense of desire, mm-hmm. and that led me to poetry. <laughs> so. Um, Not to a particular poem, but for special effect, the idea of rewriting the passage as a poem, since poetry is so much, often so much about desire. So I I found a list uh, at bookriot.com by Rebecca Hussey uh, of a wide variety of different kinds of, of poems and their specific forms. And, uh, so you could, you could maybe find one that works here. I'm thinking maybe a sonnet would work, mm-hmm. uh, which is four couplet, four quad, quadrants. Uh, uh 14
1: forget. lines often about love. Right, right. Uh, yeah. A-B-B-A. So it's three sets of
0: four and then a pair at yeah. the end. A, B, B, A rhyme mm-hmm. scheme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh. Uh, And they're usually written in
1: iambic Iambic pentameter. pentameter. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. So, um... I think that would probably work. That would be longer than this passage, I think, though. So, you know, but so that's okay. That's all right. You get to expand a little bit. And that's fine.
1: Well, I see also on the list is haiku, Mm -hmm. which is uh, five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables, which would would really light up your math smart people brains. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. (laughs) Numbers!
0: Um, another way to do it might be with an acrostic,
1: oh, yeah. uh, where mm-hmm. the
0: first first letter of each line uh, goes down the list. You know, as you go down the lines, it spells out a word. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe righteousness or believed or uh, something like that.
1: That's cool. I like that.
0: Uh, you would have to show that. Uh, you know, if you just read it, people wouldn't be able to pick it up. Probably that that's what you were doing. So you'd have to. Ha- display it so you could show that that's what was going on, I think. Mm-hmm. Similarly, a concrete poem is one where the words are written out in a way that they form an, an image, a picture. And so you could maybe do one that would be in the shape of a star. Oh, cool. Since he's supposed to be counting the stars. Oh, neat. I like uh, that. And again, you'd have to show that in order for it to make sense. There's but, some ice smart uh, there's some iSmart to go along with it. So uh, I don't have an example ready yet, but I'm hoping still to do one. Or, we'll we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. It's getting late, but I'll I'll try. Anyway, that's my idea. What have you got, my dear?
1: Well, count the stars caught my attention too, um, which is not possible to do. <laughs> <laughs> get <laughs> your attention or uh, well, count the stars. Count the stars. Oh, oh, oh. Right. So a couple different things about that uh, caught my attention for math smart people. One is an illustration. I found a website uh, that has ways of grouping zeros to help count large numbers. Um, it also has uh, it, the the website is uh, ThoughtCo. Uh, the article is called Understanding Very Large Numbers. Um, so. The idea there of, you know, counting lots of things, you kind of have to group them a little bit. Also, this website reveals where the search engine Google gets Mm. its name. Mm -hmm. It's the number 10 to the 100th power is a Googleplex. Ha ha.
0: No, that's a Google. It's a Google. That's a Google.
1: What's a Googleplex?
0: A Googleplex is 10 to the Google.
1: Holy crap.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's big. Okay. <laughs> anyway. approaching infinity at that <laughs> right, point. right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, so the idea that, that Google uh, in, uh, involves, you know, Big numbers of search engines and lots of stuff. Anyway, so that's where it gets its name. I'm not a math smart person. This is not my strength. Okay, so a special effect that could actually be kind of fun. Uh, it, a link to another website called physics at BYU. I'm assuming that's Brigham Young University. Mm. Uh, it has an, uh, an experiment you can do. So you take a small tube like an empty toilet paper or paper towel roll and go outside on a clear night. And then uh, looking through this hole, this, this, this roll, you have to hold really still. And then count the number of stars you see. If you're in an if you're in an urban place, it's going to be really yeah, simple because you're not going to see a thing. <laughs> uh, so yeah. if you really want to do this, you should probably uh, plan a camping trip and go out into some place that's a little more open and dark. But you you look through the hole, you count the number of stars you see there. Then you move to another part of the sky, and at whatever number of samples, that's going to be um, added to a a formula. Of the diameter and length of your tube, and that will give you um, a uh, an understanding of how many stars are actually out there. And then David, of course, added a little bit to the my worksheet here at the uh, for the special effect. Uh, he says, "Remember that 95% of all the stars you can see make up 5% of the stars in our galaxy.
0: So yeah. go
1: count the stars." <laughs>
0: So many stars. So many stars. All right, let's go on.
1: The psalm for Year C. Ordinary 19 is the second half of Psalm 33. I was just looking at the entirety of Psalm 33, and if you were to use this whole psalm, you could probably find something for all eight intelligences in it. It starts out with uh, singing the praises of God, who is the one who made everything, all of nature, all of the heavens, Uh, the Lord who foils the plans of nations and thwarts the purposes of peoples, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. Then we get to... That's the part that we're not doing? That's the part we're not doing, yeah. So this is the part that we are doing, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and who has been chosen as his heritage. Hmm, A little bit of an echo there for the mm-hmm. Genesis passage. Mm-hmm. Uh, God looks down from heaven, sees all of humankind, goes on to talk about how a king is not saved by a great army. Um, a war horse is a vain hope for victory. Uh, by its great might, it cannot save. Um, continues on talking about how God looks over and is our help and our shield. And it ends with, let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. So there's a lot of echoes uh, in the Genesis passage and in the upcoming Hebrews passage. Mm -hmm. All right, so for math smart, you usually don't find math smart so much in the Psalms, in my opinion, but we do have a couple of things that I think popped out. Uh, verse 13 and verse 20. Verse 13, where the psalmist talks about the Lord looking down from heaven and seeing all of humankind, made me think about the overview effect. Mm. And mm-hmm. we have talked about this one before, uh, where astronauts who astronauts and cosmonauts, folks up in space who have a little bit of time and they go to the window and they just look down at the earth, are frequently overcome with this sense of awe and of... Uh, uh,
0: the oneness, the wo- of the wonder the whole thing.
1: of of the whole, th- yeah. Because when you're up in space looking down at Earth, you don't see it like a map. You don't see the political boundaries. You see geography. You see meteorology. You see oceanography. You see the world as it is. Uh, and so many of them have come back down to Earth and have said many of them wish that everyone could see the the world from this perspective, because they're fairly certain it would alter the thinking about our common way of life
0: mm.
1: so there's a way of illustrating the way god's perspective on the world that we have an opportunity now to see the world the way god does mm. and how that might change the way we think and the way we uh, consider ourselves in our place that's kind of people smart but i think it's also math smart in the science of getting us up there yeah. For verse 20, um, the psalmist refers to the Lord being our help and our shield, and I got to thinking about shields and the purpose of shields, which is to protect warriors in battle, and there have been a wide variety of ways shields have been used in uh, warfare, Um, but the one that I think is probably potentially being referred to here, if the date of Psalm 33 is, uh, it was written during the period of the Maccabees, would be something that's come down from the Macedonians, uh, a, a round shield called an aspis. Uh, it's round, it's domed, and Spartans use this type of shield to form their very famous phalanx, which is they would all get really close together and hold their shields up. So they kind of made this weird oh. sort of turtle. Yeah. that would wander and and was impervious to arrows and spears and they could get closer to the enemy lines and then break and attack so if the psalmist has that kind of formation in mind then God is a strong shield indeed uh, so and it got me to thinking that shields in terms of the earth is this that shield is the atmosphere
0: mm. mm-hmm.
1: so there are some ways to look at you can look at this this psalm through the eyes of astronomy of um, of of science and space exploration. You can look at it in terms of engineering, a a protection, uh, a shield. Um, There's even some history in here too, in Mm -hmm. looking up, you know, when this was written and the context of it.
0: Cool. For Word Smart, I was looking at verses 13 to 15 in particular, and then sort of 16 to 19. Uh, And, it put me in mind of a chess Grandmaster tournament.
1: Hmm.
0: I'm not sure why. but uh, just that sense of overlooking the board and uh, moving the armies around and seeing what's going on, uh, you know, what what's the motivation of all the different pieces and such. And uh, that's not really very word smart. It's more math smart. Uh, I think, but, um, uh, the word smart would come in if you were able then to describe that. A- and so I, I went looking and, um, I- you know, I, I, I looked up, uh, grandmaster chess tournament, uh, which is not the same as grandmaster flash. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all Not at all. <laughs>
1: Has <laughs> that one popped up? No.
0: It just came to mind just this minute, actually. Um no, that's anyway. music smart. Yeah, that's that's very different. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um there there are a lot of descriptions of uh of the Grandmaster tournaments and I I have played some chess, but not competitively at all and not for a very long time. So Uh, so I, I wasn't really following all of the stuff, but they, you know, these days they live tweet the, the grandmaster tournaments and, and tell you what all the moves are and, oh my gosh, he's, he's done this and, oh, what a terrible (laughs) idea. Oh, he's so far behind now. And, and the computers are saying that he's in trouble, you know? So, um, you get You get a sense that there's actually a lot of drama going on as those usually guys are are just sitting staring at the board. yeah, all right um, so if you if there are you no read, explosions yeah if you, <laughs> <laughs> if you read some of that, uh, you can sort of get that kind of sense, and you can imagine then if you overlay the that on the psalm, you can sort of imagine God uh, as that strategic Thinker looking over the thing. So again, yeah,
1: particularly if you use the first part of the psalm. Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
0: Um, and there are a lot of books and stories. about about chess, and so I've got list. Yeah, I've I've got a list, a link to a list for you, uh, on the worksheet, and um, you know, so just the description of what's going on, um, and and getting into the mind of the of the grandmaster looking over the board.
1: Hmm. I see we have From Russia with Love by Ian Fleming on Ah, the list.
0: Cool. Okay. Well, let's go on. The New Testament lesson for year C, Ordinary 19, is Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3 and 8 through 16. The one through three part is a definition of faith as the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, and that our ancestors received their approval by faith. And then uh, it skips over a couple of those ancestors and goes right to Abraham, because it's complimentary with the Genesis passage that way, and talks about his particular case and all the things that he did by faith, uh, listening and following where the Lord led him, staying in the land of the promise for a while, poking around in tents and whatnot, Um, well, no, that sounds like he was rummaging through other people's tents. As it wasn't that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, and looking forward to a city, though, uh, that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And uh, that he received the power of procreation, even though he was too old. And uh, on and on, telling uh, telling about his story. And... Uh, and then that all of these, summarizing all the folks that they haven't talked about because they cut out everybody else, uh, uh, were looking for a land, for a city, for a homeland, um, not the one that they came from because they could have gone back if they if it were that, but a better country, a heavenly one. And God is not ashamed to be called their God. So, um, it is just a, a summary here of uh, the faith of Abraham and that, that sense of looking forward and trust mm. in the Lord.
1: There's some interesting parallels with immigration in our world. Today. There are so a, a very, lot of parallels.
0: Very there. good wordsmith and, would yeah. be able to. Uh, yeah. To
1: make that connection.
0: Yeah. There there were a lot of phrases in there that, that connected for me that were not uh, germane to the passage per se. So it would be something of a hermeneutical leap, <laughs> as yes. we say. Uh, but, you know, that longing for a better country I, yes. I can certainly identify with. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, one of the things that keeps coming up in the passage, of course, is the word faith and by faith. And it's in Greek, pistis for faith, and by faith is piste, which is the dative, uh, dative form of it. And um, it, it, at Bible Hub, looking at it at Bible Hub, in most places through the scripture where you get piste, it is in faith. Mm-hmm. or in the faith, but here it's repeatedly translated as by faith they did these things. So it might be interesting to play with that Do, yeah. does it make a difference if you say that Abraham did these things in faith rather than by faith? I don't know maybe it doesn't um, well,
1: prepositions can be really they they there are very subtle ways of changing changing phrases yeah so you could you could play with that a little bit yeah.
0: So similarly, uh, going with some of that kind of plugging in other things, I looked up the word faith on Webster's website and came up with a whole bunch of stuff, right? So it includes things like allegiance to duty or loyalty, fidelity to promises, uh, belief and trust in and loyalty to God, particularly uh, firm belief in something for which there is no proof. Mm. That sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like they lifted it from <clears throat> the Hebrews passage there. Yep. Um, and, in Genesis. Yeah. And, uh, or, or something that is believed, especially with strong conviction, especially a system of religious beliefs, such as, for example, the Protestant faith. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um and there were several others, actually. I just kind of plunked those out. But um, again, what would what happens to the passage if you plug in some of those other definitions,
1: like loyalty and trust, right. and Things like that, right? Yeah, the, that would be uh, interesting.
0: Some of them, some of them don't work, mm-hmm. and some of them work here and there,
1: but not everywhere.
0: But not everywhere.
1: It could be an interesting uh, word study sermon to just talk about the different ways belief is used in this passage and plugging in those synonyms and seeing how that subtly changes it. And yeah. Does that make any kind of a different connection for your the folks in your congregation or for you?
0: Right, right. Uh, exactly. And that's kind of what I was thinking. So, well, okay. Um, then... Uh, <laughs> Did I mention this is word smart? I think yes. you probably <laughs> figured that out. Okay. Anyway, um, then the, the other thing that I picked up was, uh, for the Calvinists out there, the second great JC, uh, John Calvin. <laughs> oh,
1: I was a little confused by that when I read that verse. It's like, huh? yeah. Not Jesus Christ, but <laughs> right, John Calvin. Right, right, right. Yeah.
0: Um, he came up with a working definition of a saving faith. And that is, we shall possess a right definition of faith if we call it a firm and certain knowledge of God's benevolence toward us, founded upon the truth of the freely given promise of Christ, both revealed to our minds and sealed upon our hearts through the Holy Spirit, Hmm. which comes from the Institutes of the Christian Religion. That's a good self-smart
1: illustration as well. Yes. Extremely good self-smart illustration.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, here again, does does that fit the passage though? And in some places it does, and in some places it doesn't. So uh, uh, interesting. Int- it would be interesting to think about that. Mm-hmm. So that that's all I got.
1: That's what you had. Okay. Well, let's see what I found for math. Well, I was reading in, in, uh, a commentary at Working Preacher by Amy Peeler, and we have the link to that. We'll have that over at the show notes at www.morethanhearing.org. Uh, she says that the author of Hebrews understands faith as upo stasis, uh, which is a Greek term, uh, which you break it up. You have stasis, which means standing or still, and upo,
0: under- Oh, under.
1: Under. So standing under. So you got that shield thing again that you had from the Psalms, Mm. but you also have a foundation. Ah. Ta-da! Here's where you get the engineers clicking. Uh, So faith is a support system, a foundation on which the ancestors of the faith built their hope and their lives and which we can build on it too. So there's an illustration for you. Talk about foundations and building foundations. Um, talk about how you put a foundation together. If you have a civil engineer in your congregation, pick their brains. Uh, wh- how do you how do you build things? Essentially, my father was a civil engineer, and I saw a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So, for a special effect, I have a link to civilblog.org with graphs, um, and we suggested an idea. Uh, on Ordinary 4 back in 2019 at the end of February of using yoga blocks, duct tape, and a flat piece of wood to build a foundation. We were using it for the First Corinthians (laughs) passage. Yes, I I remember doing it too. I remember stepping up on it and watching several people in my congregation sort of hold their breath. (laughs) Yeah, so so build a foundation. Actually, build a foundation. Then talk about what sorts of... um, uh, what sorts of pressures and stresses you have to keep in, in mind when you build a foundation. It's it's a good analogy for building a foundation of faith uh, for your math-smart people. And for other people who, you know, aren't necessarily math-smart, they might go, oh, huh, haven't thought of it that way.
0: Hmm. Okay, let's go on.
1: The gospel passage for Year C, Ordinary 19, is Luke 12 verses 32 through 40. Looking at this and looking over um, uh, a lot of Luke, it, Luke seems to have just at this point in time in in this book is just kind of pulling in a lot of stuff without a. There's kind of a. An overarching um, connection to them, but when you put them right next to each other, they, they, they seem to be a little separate from each other. And I, mm-hmm. I noticed it mostly mm-hmm. in this particular one because it starts in verse 32 with this little pithy saying about... Um, uh, God's uh, good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possession. Give alms. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm-hmm. And then it goes right into uh, and the New Revised Common or the New Revised Standard Version has a little title says "Watchful Slaves." It it goes into something else. It's connected to being alert and keeping an eye out and being open, but it then goes something specifically. Um, into a, a, not quite a parable, but sort of an analogy of being uh, mm. watchful servants in the home of a, a wealthy person, uh, because he might be gone for a while, maybe he's off at a banquet, and then he comes home, and boy, is he happy to see that his servants have been paying attention and doing their duty in his absence. Um And then we have in verse 39, but know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, which is not even mentioned in the Mm. previous verses, uh, he would not have have let his house be broken into. Um, So then... Yeah, so
0: it's a pretty hard shift.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the transmission has fallen all apart all (laughs) over the place in these verses, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Push the clutch, push the clutch, and that's kind of an interesting analogy, right then and there. <laughs> A little uh, uh, it's sur- surplus math, um, smart. or anyway, engineering mechanics. Okay, I'm going to go on to what I have now. Okay. So, <laughs> um, there were two things that I think kind of that, that caught my attention in looking at this through math smart. One is uh, verse 34: For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that little section of verse 39, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he wouldn't have let his house be broken into. Um, that one I didn't really get to doing too much with, but it, it, to me it seems sort of like uh, security systems, alarm systems, and and just the logic of, of Jesus' statement here. If he'd known the thieves were coming, he wouldn't have gotten in, mm. which... You know, you can play with the logic of of if you'd known, then, Mm -hmm. kind of thing. It sort of becomes kind of spinning your wheels, in my opinion. But anyway, so I'm going to stick with verse
0: 34. Well, you you could also play with the uh, security industry.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. And I actually went and looked for some stuff and was just overwhelmed with the amount of information out there. Yeah. My goodness. Okay, so I'm going to look at verse 34 and the idea of treasure. And we're going to take the idea of treasure literally here. So I found an article at the Boston Review that I have a link to about effective altruism. Mm. It's an interesting thing. I'm going to take a step aside here and describe it a little bit. In a nutshell, this is a philosophical and philanthropic movement that, can, that is about giving Uh, Effective altruism doesn't require an entire or complete emptying of yourself or of your possessions. You keep what you have, but you're looking to make the best use of what you have for the world around you. This is a really palatable movement for people who have a lot and want to keep it. Uh, but Jesus' example of giving and where your heart is, is giving even to the point of giving your own life. So the logic of giving, according to Jesus, is significantly different from the logic of effective altruism. So effective altruism is, is in these examples, living modestly, donating a large part of your income, Uh, to the most effective charities, the ones that really use the money well. Mm -hmm. Um, It's researching and discussing with others which charities are the most effective or doing your own research. Mm -hmm. Um, It's choosing a career in which they can earn a lot of money, but not in order to live affluently, but so that they can use that money to do more good. Uh, Talking to others in person or online about giving so that the idea of effective altruism will spread. And this is an interesting one, giving part of their own body, blood, bone marrow, or even a kidney to somebody they don't know. Mm. So it's it's this idea of um, giving, 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 giving um, in, in ways that That benefit the most people. There are also some interesting philosophical questions that are asked in this particular article, such as, what counts as the most good? What Mm -hmm. is the most good? Mm -hmm. And does everyone's suffering count equally? There's a lot of suffering out there, so Mm -hmm. you kind of have to pick and choose which suffering you're going to address with your giving. And is it really possible for everyone to practice effective altruism? Okay, let's go on to Word.
0: Okay. Um, What got my attention here, and man, (laughs) I struggled on this because not word smart, (laughs) Uh, I guess. But um, what I finally noticed was that Thief does show up twice in the passage, at the beginning and at the end, and Master shows up a couple of times in the middle. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, let's compare those two. Oh, there is Thief. Mm -hmm. And... um, so in verse 33 you're putting your treasure in heaven where no thief comes near you mm-hmm. uh and then at the end in 39 if you knew what hour the thief was coming and mm-hmm. right? so there's that right. and then uh the parable about the the ma- the servants and the master mm-hmm. so a thief I, I looked them up just on on the googles and um, a thief is a person who steals another person's property, especially mm-hmm. by stealth and without using force or violence. That would make you a robber or a burglar, which is different. Yes. Uh, a master, then there are several definitions for master. Uh, A man who has people working for him, especially servants or slaves, a person who has dominance or control of something, a man in charge of an organization or group, a skilled practitioner of a particular art or activity. So these two words give very distinct sense of the character of the two roles in question. One has little control and takes things by stealth, while the other controls much and acts publicly to organize others. Hmm. So, which one of those would you think to use as a comparison for Jesus or the Son of Man?
1: Hmm.
0: Probably. You would say
1: the Master. Probably
0: the Master. Mm-hmm. Jesus, in that way of his, of course, uses both of them. Mm hmm. And uh, that's very disarming, of mm-hmm. course, and which is kind of his thing, right, is, is to just give us some mental whiplash. Right? So, <laughs> what? What? Uh, right. So you have to go back and think about it. And that's the way he does. So, of course, um, the other thing is that even in talking about the Master— here he says, Oh, the master's gonna be so happy that he's gonna put on the the apron and serve the servants. Right. Sure. Right, right. Yeah. Right.
1: So people listening in this in Jesus day and age are like, uh-huh, yeah. Sure. sure. yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Right. So um anyway, that's a that's a way in, I think, to the passage and what it is that's, that Jesus is doing by uh by looking at those to words, so uh, display the definitions on screen or on posters or in the bulletin, so people can read them along with you and compare them with you. That would be the special effect aspect of it. But uh, there you go.
1: Hmm, interesting. How so? How does Jesus act as a thief?
0: By coming when it's not expected.
1: Oh. Okay.
0: That, I mean, that's that's the clear sense in the text, I guess. But mm-hmm. uh, th- it's interesting to wonder if there are other ways.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: Well, we'll Lots just think about. leave that for y'all to think about. Okay. Let us know what you come up with. Well, that's our podcast for today. Please ask questions or leave us a comment on our website, www.morethanhearing.org or facebook.com slash hearing or tweet us at more-than-hearing, or email us at connect at morethanhearing.org. If you tried any of these suggestions or maybe got an idea you like better than ours, please let us know what you did and how it went. We'd love to hear how using this theory has made a difference in your preaching and worship.
1: Remember to check out the show notes, worksheets, links, and resources at our website, they go hand in glove with the podcast and give you lots more material to work with. Don't forget to subscribe using the links on the website for iTunes, Google Play, Android, or good old RSS, or point your podcatching software at morethanhearing.org slash feed slash podcast. Help others find us more easily by writing a review at the iTunes store. And of course, you can share the show with your friends and colleagues. We'll be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, stay subscribed and be smart.
0: at this time. This is a Whippet Good production. That's not actually a sentence.